Hi everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop in a special celebration in honor of the release of 17th Heaven. We're jumping right in, breaking down everything you need to know about this album. Let's start by appreciating the promo rollout. It perfectly epitomized what 17's story is all about and why people are drawn to them. The rainbows, the flowers, the festival concept, the dancing, the whole message of let's just jump around together to the music at a special festival that unites everyone through the universal language of music. An excuse to just put your worries away for the day and just dance like no one's watching. The come-as-you-are super vibrant specific vibe they are known for really just cranked up a notch for this very celebratory era. The one downside being that it does feel like the end of an era. Like they really did release this as like a festival to cap off their career so far. I'm not saying they're breaking up. I'm saying I think enlistments are coming as of recording time. That's not announced, but I have a feeling very soon. Maybe even by the time this episode is out, the news of the full group not being able to promote as a full group for quite some time will come out. It's emotional, what feels like an end of an era. Back to talking about the cute, happy, likable fun of it all. It was such a cute PR campaign that had these smiling flowers appear in cities worldwide through this AR tech. They also had a special block party vibe at the 17th Street in-person pop-up event in South Korea. I also don't think they intended to release an album to assist with those with seasonal affective disorder or anything like that, but it actually is perfectly timed not too late to release a summer festival-themed album. We need a reason to lighten up before the world goes literally colder and darker the next few months. Each album is so cute. It comes with like a paper art kit, a wristband for your access to the festival, stickers, cards. It is a full welcome pack that comes in three special versions. The 526 AM one, the 214 PM one, and the 1023 PM one, which marks the festival finale. The 5.26am is a reference to 5.26, their debut date. The 2.14pm version is a reference to Carrot Day, the fandom birthday. And the 10.23pm version, album release day. Again, really shows they're marking this don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened, end of an era pitch. Because one version is this starts with our debut, another version is this closes with this album. Three really is a magic number. Remember, FML also had three separate versions. And this album has actually made K-pop history, surpassing 5.2 million pre-orders. So yeah, around 5.26 million pre-orders. And their debut was 5.26. This is so perfect. This album was super, super 17. Mostly the members themselves and their longtime partner Bumju worked in-house on this. It's actually faster to say who's on the credits that isn't in the group, which is New Type, Shannon, and Marshmallow, the DJ. Everyone else on the credits, Bumzu and 17 members. There are a couple of interesting recent interview anecdotes from this press round that I want to mention. They're not really related to this album, but interesting. Vernon has a recommendation for you. Rick Rubin's The Creative Act, A Way of Being. And one of my all-time favorite 17 songs, Pretty You. It used to sound so different. Apparently, it was originally called Joan of Arc and had a totally different instrumental. So at first, the members kind of didn't like Pretty You. And it grew on them, but first, they preferred the Joan of Arc version. 
Another interesting full circle moment now that they have God of Music as their title track, which also remained against expectations. I realized Seventeen are having their One Direction best song ever moment. And that got me thinking, oh my gosh, I need Seventeen to cover Best Song Ever. Can you imagine Soongwa and DK hitting Zayn's high notes? That attitude that Niall brought, Vernon could totally bring it. Anyway, Best Song Ever was not about being cocky like, this is the Best Song Ever. That song was about a hypothetical Best Song Ever. Same here where at first, I assumed the song God of Music was a super cocky song. Like, I'm the god of music. But no, it's actually a humble story about, hey, if there is a god of music, thank you. You have brought people together with this universal language and gift. We owe you. I should have known. They have their very obviously super confident braggadocio moments. But at the end of the day, they always go back to just a super sweet story about this unity, which is why this feels like a perfect summation of their catalog. I mean, think about past releases. Always yours, all one, your choice, the whole Power of Love project, songs like Lean On Me, To You, the Japanese concept of the Tale of the Red String, a symbol intertwining fates. That was the inspiration for Fallen Flower. I mean, everything throughout the years in their catalog goes back to that central premise that this album really celebrates, which is a message of unity, joyfulness, and togetherness. It's just so beautiful, so wonderful, and always has been kind of a tribute to someone else. So they have, like I said before, braggy songs. But at the end of the day, more often they have that message of humility. These are gifts to you. We are humbled by the power of music, which humans are no match for because it's magical. Here are gifts for you. That's also what explains their appeal because of the input. I mean, the song Underscore World from the album Sector 17, lots of meaning there because, first of all, they named that album Sector 17, not just like sector as in a section, but sector as in a summit, like a peak of a mountain. So reach the peak with them, because underscore world, they left that underscore for you to fill in the blank as you saw fit. So call it whatever you want. So it's that almost choose your own adventure way they tell their story. I mean, back in the Rock With You era, they had that audio kit release, so you could use the sound from Rock With You for a remix of your own making. They summarize the desire to walk forward with us through things like the Face the Sun era and the song Darling, which has that meaningful plus sign meant to represent the ongoing nature of us being an important part of the final puzzle. Their music is so comforting and inclusive and wonderful, and that's why I think. So that's the way I sum it up and sum up the appeal of this album, because this album is just the maximum degree of what they've been saying all along. It's a really great testament to why they're popular and why you should join because all are welcome to become carrots too. Grab your festival wristband and let's go. Let's break down this music video. Some details are pretty obviously nods to their past eras. Some I could be reaching a bit with the theories about what they mean. But you know me, I'm going to cover every detail. Some aspects of the video are just like in their debut, Adore You. Woozy gets a special moment. He blew out the candles on the cake in Adore You, and now he has the final look back at the camera, smiling serenely. Adore You also had all-white outfits, and later colorful ones, although in that case later is in follow-up videos. And Adore You had the 2D animated pop-ups, like the cartoon Halo. 
just across the screen, adding cartoonish finishing touches as if they were in real time, adding DIY footnotes to the video. All that is back here, the all-white outfit at first, the woozy moment, and the 2D pop-up additions. There's a music store window setting with two big red X's painted on the windows. Okay, this one is a stretch, but there were two previous moments in videos where they formed a big X that was meaningful. Like the X they formed by walking past each other in a certain way during Don't Wanna Cry. The bird's eye view showed the X. Same with the view in Oh My when the members walk past each other. So they had two X's before, now they have two X's, but they're painted on. A music store, which has a bunch of plastic covering, it looks like plastic, see-through covering, in front of equipment that Vernon sits in front of. And I don't know what that should mean, but just seems like a notable recurrence that a plastic-covered setting was where Vernon was in past videos. It's also what Gene rips through during his video called Metamorphosis during the 13 Inner Shadows era. They're ready to physically make their mark, add pops of color to otherwise shielded blah scenes. There was a cassette tape and a boombox in the video for Clap. Now, Woozy chills by the boombox and Joshua holds up a cassette tape. Here's the part of my red string covered bulletin board that links the plastic covering from Gene's metamorphosis to this because butterflies show up and the cassette tape is called Butterfly Sound. Right? So we have the X's related to the plastic covering, related to June ripping through one in the video called Metamorphosis, relating to butterflies, relating to the name of the cassette, Butterfly Sound, relating to the clap video, which had that cassette, and had a boombox, and had outfits painted over in real time, and other setting changes in real time, as they made their world literally more colorful. Woozy has this DJ setup in a field, and there are so many past videos that seem to have little symbolic details in this field. There's the colorful streamers everywhere, that wheel, like the wheel structure that formed a weird prop in Fear, the RV, like from the My My Days, the archway, a decorated archway, like from Ready to Love, all in that one scene. There are other more clear nods to past eras, like DK spinning in circles until he wears a hot era cowboy outfit. Wanwu's in this bar, much like the bar from Home Run. Here's another red string connector. There was also a bar setting in Dream, so if you want to link Home Run to Dream, then remember that Dream had these outer space scenes, which are also scenes here where we see a whole galaxy. The school buses have a notable presence, especially because they were in Left and Right and Ready to Love. The way yellow flowers signal kind of a light in the dark is notable because remember, in Getting Closer, there were yellow sunflowers. There's also a yellow flower now by Junhan, with a cool vine that forms the shape of a music note. Like wherever he goes, even in the small details, the music will be a special coping tool right there for the taking. Woozy has the stack of books by him in the scene where he sits under a tree and gives a mini guitar to the ant, the literal ant, who then gets to rock out. So anyway, the top book on the stack is called 17 Ways to Make Music, 5th Edition. They always pay tribute to the number 5, the debut month. Remember, it was 15 cents to buy the Now Times, the newspaper in Home Run. Woozy appeared next to the number 15 in Ready to Love, well, 153, but whatever. Esku's alarm went off at 525. Yes, this all has to do with their debut date too, their debut year, 2015. 
And then there was that following preview approved for ages 15 and up message in the FML era teaser video. So they're nods to 5 and 15, always meaningful. And they have a book in this video they called The Fifth Edition. I like the fact that they go together in this field in front of a bunch of literal goats, like the goats of music. Not much more to read into there. Another cassette tape reference with the cute cassette tape themed cloud, the eight stares at. Gosh, there's so many more. The red instruments back, a red keyboard now, it was a red guitar and rock with you. The FaceTime call premise to make sure no one's left out. That was a theme of not alone. Actually, part of Cheers, too. The catapulting a vehicle into the sky, much like left and right. The disco ball-themed floating light stick of sorts up in the sky. Maybe a nod to the disco ball from Ema, Rock With You, Pretty You. The screen within a screen effect was back. All the balloon streamers, party decor, the fireworks. And I love, love this detail. At the end, a snail, a slug, wears this pair of headphones. Yeah, even the little creatures in the video get headphones and the chance to rock out with them. And for a second, I thought the letters spelling God of Music were balloons, made to look like silvery white balloons. No, actually, that was the slime from the snail's path as it moved out of the picture. There's just a great meaning there. After all these years, sending countless songs about don't worry, go your own pace in life, you're doing fine, you can rock out with us too, no need to rush, to get on our tempo, go your own tempo, and then to have a snail get to contribute to the tribute to the god of music, that is a really cool, unique way to get to that just adorable, wonderful message. Now let's go through the album, which continues to have so many connections to past albums. A lot thematically is very intentionally a response to past songs, like The Sun Shining Diamond and now The Sun Diamond Days. Sometimes I might be reaching a little, drawing a connection they didn't even think of. But again, that's kind of the point and the brilliance of it. Music is all about creating a product that isn't finished until the audience adds their final contribution. It's incomplete without the audience interpretations, their sense of being so invested in a story that they find it worth interpreting. So the point is, whether 17 symbolism gets super clearly intended or just coincidentally discovered by me, the fact they have that in their music just speaks to their ability to tell stories that really do honor the god of music, the power of it. So the album starts with S.O.S., They really flex their attitude here right out the gate, but get even angstier as the song unfolds. So it's kind of an unexpected, intense start to a seemingly levity-focused era. They sing about feeling like the targets of a roulette in life, always fighting another battle, always struggling, and really just ultimately wanting to be happy and get a sense of direction. And they reassure each other by saying, we can find the love, tell me what's killing you, Life is rough right now, but we're getting through it together. Key lyric one, this isn't what you want, ain't the true happiness. Don't know what we have all become. We need to find a way out. Where are we going right now? Remember in Darling, they wondered where's the way out. And in the fight for your life teaser, they were saying you deserve to be happy, even though the world chews you up and spits you out and makes happiness something you have to fight for in the first place. 
Then when they say, where are we going right now? Tell me. It kind of implies only the two of you can know, or at least only you can know, what the right destination is. Which is very much aligned with their past songs like My My about, hey, go your own pace. The song Bring It To, where they mention you're both captains directing this ship of life. The next super meaningful lyric to focus on is the fact in the pre-chorus, they say, where is the love? And immediately after, the next lyric is, we can find the love. A great summative lyric. They're still looking, but they trust that they will find what they're looking for. Next lyric, every day we're fighting, a silent war we never wanted. People keep on dying when the world is killing you. Made me think of the line, happiness is only a word. It's just a dream that everyone wants from the song Simple. Then in Rocket, they sang about the world being hard on people too and the conformity they wanted to escape. In that song, the metaphor was, I just want to build a rocket to enter a new galaxy where I don't feel that judgment and need to conform. In this song, they sing, just shoot the SOS, please tell me. Back in Pretty You, they said, can't organize myself, help me SOS. So a total direct Pretty You throwback. Pretty You is all about, ugh, I really want to tell you how much you mean to me, but I can't find the right words for it. But can you be there for me anyway? Now, they sing about, yes I can, basically, no matter what happens. I detailed on past episodes, a go-to metaphor for them is an ocean or a wave, used to refer to everything from swimming in your eyes, to surfing the internet, to drowning in regret, to plunging into an ocean of a certain feeling. This time, they say to the ocean, we don't back down, only we can find a way out. Another lyric worth stopping to think about. We gotta run away from the dangerous thoughts that come our way. This song is so easy. You and I both know what I want to say. We're gonna be okay. Our tomorrow is a brighter day. There's so much there that is the epitome of 17. First of all, the fact that's the bridge and so many members join in on it. That seems meaningful. It adds emphasis. Second of all, this song is so easy, we both know what we want to say. Just like so many past songs, were they saying about a language only we know? Like a passcode, a secret code, a way of communicating beyond just words. I've written about those references in the past on Substack, so I can link to more of that analysis specifically about lyrics in the episode description. Then they say we're going to be okay, our tomorrow is a brighter day which is so much like what they've said before. Like in Highlight, when two lights meet, they shine each other's tomorrow. Rocket, your yesterday, today, and tomorrow is yours. In Thanks, I wanted to be your tomorrow, so I live today. In Hit, today will make your tomorrow. In Home Run, we'll wake up to a new tomorrow. Then obviously there's the song called If the World Ends Tomorrow. And they're back to reminding you, today might be tough, but tomorrow will surely be better. I love the visual with this line. Lean your back on me, us together, we can stand up straight. That's possibly also an accidental reference to the song Lean On Me, but they added a good, meaningful visual. In Hey Buddy, from years ago, a repeated lyric was Where Are My Friends? And then they end this song reminding you I'm your friend, which is so sweet and a cool answer to a question posed earlier. So especially in the song SOS, with the pretty you and hey buddy responses, they really feel like they've reached an emotional conclusion, tied up some loose ends emotionally already, and we just talked about track one. 
Got a music, delightful and jovial start to finish. Definitely for fans of their underscore world, Sonic Realm, it's a soul funk song that is just so delightful. Their press statement made sure to specify the chorus is, quote, where the magic happens, unquote. So make sure to appreciate it. I will write about this more on Substack about this album, but there's really something personally that makes it feel like it was written for me in this song about music as a universal language. I'll get to the personal connection more later, but this song really got to me. They have cute lyrics like, We can't communicate with words but with music. We can be best friends from now on. We've just met but we can dance together. An enormous amount of past songs had similar sentiments, you know? If words are hard, don't worry about it. We'll find another way to connect with you, to reach you, and to make sure you have a good time and feel included. The past songs about putting worries on hold, definitely still a strong PSA they give with lyrics like, happiness is now, no danger here. In Super, a very confident song, they said, misstep or not, the backbeat still goes pow. And in this song, they said, we each live by our own boom and pow. Also remember in Mingyu's solo inner shadow video, he questioned what is harmony versus discord. What's music versus just noise? Now in this song, another answer to a question, where they sing, even noise is music to us. We live by our own boom and pow. Diamond Days has a really cool series of direct responses to Shining Diamond. They both, of course, have the lines like, slip into the diamond life. They both reference making a promise to you. And they both use that metaphor about becoming a diamond under pressure. Like you have to deal with the tough times to become a sparkling, resilient diamond that will never lose its luster. So you'll never fade and you will emerge after the right pressure. Trust it. Trust the process. Just like actually earlier this year in Sarasara, they said it has become a flower that does not wither. They are becoming super eternal, basically, their strength is. So both songs reference every minute, every second being precious, that exact wording. A promise, being buried and then coming up out of the dirt, and being resilient, shining like a diamond forever. Another full circle moment, Forever Diamond, was that big message lit up in Home Run. They also repeat, this relationship we have with you is the same as it has been before. The exact words are same as the beginning and your light will never fade. And recall that Sector 17 album meaning, referring to the peak of a summit, that kind of sector. In this song they say, turn on the music so we can reach the peak. Every minute and every second is so precious. There's so much in that line too. The reference to reaching a peak, the implication that music has enormous power to move mountains, basically, and the every minute, every second line repeat, a direct reference to Shining Diamond from their debut release. After tried and true, diamond and ocean metaphors have been revisited. The next one they revisit is cold and sad weather, stormy weather. So past lyrics first this time. They reference that cold morning wind when you feel lonely, and still lonely. Cold wind keeps blowing, they sing in pinwheel. The blowing wind is lonely, they repeat in circles. Now in this song, Back to Back, they sing about walking through the, quote, cold wind and darkness, unquote. But they want their, quote, excitement broken through the field of view, unquote. They're not going to let that cold dreariness make them think it's permanent and that things won't get better. 
Also notably, they use the term stormy when describing the mood change during the chorus. This mid-part of the album, really EDM-influenced, and full of attitude, and Monster especially, full of attitude, whistling, na-na-na's. They really get back into the sound of their early days, while they lyrically go back there too. In Monster, they sing Bottom to the Top Star. Remember back in Teenage, the intro for the whole album was started from the bottom. A premise they talked about in The Sun Cheers too. Monster is so fun. It's such a Halloween-approved spooky fun song. And it's also just a fun embrace of whatever weirdness you have. They sing, throw your claws up, hit the jackpot, this is a trick-or-treat tour. As they act like monsters, they also basically cosplays a bigger-than-you, superior god of music. Like, they're the one who, quote, made you lose your mind like this, unquote, with that music. And by the time you realize that and you want to stop them, they're, quote, already gone, unquote. Classically 17 ending to the Sun Monster, because it could sound so snarky or just super genuine and innocent, depending on tone. Quote, if you're that cool, let's make a noise about how cool you are, unquote. In the song Healing, they talked about wanting to slow down and stop being so busy. They also reference people being too busy in Beautiful. But now they embrace the busyness. Quote, busy like a rock star, every day, super day, unquote. So rather than life being better when it's not busy, they learn to love the busyness and see the bright side of it. Another way you could interpret it, though, is because the song's called Monster, this whole thing is said ironically, and it's actually like a a still anti-busyness song. The most slow and moving song with strings and piano on the album is Yawn. This one again questions, when did it become so cold? As well as mentioning a piece of paper with scribbles as your memories. That premise they've talked about many times before, writing down how they feel or drawing it because words are not sufficing. Then they say, quote, there is a wind that I have drawn, unquote. So as they sing about this empty feeling, they admit they kind of manifested that themselves. This classically 17 lyric, I think, was intentionally using the word choice to go with the album Your Choice in that premise of it's up to you in life. The whole message is ultimately in a nutshell, it's up to you. Quote, I don't hate you. You know it was a good choice. You couldn't even tell me. It must have hurt. You must have been suffering alone. Do not feel sorry. It's just like a yawn when it is not enough. Unquote. I think the yawn metaphor here is referring to like how yawning is technically what you do when like you need more oxygen. I actually don't know the science of that, but that's the common assumption. That's why people yawn in a technical sense. So for them to say, this is like a yawn, it's not enough, seems like a metaphor about you feel like you can't breathe out a sigh of relief and you're holding in the wrong things, let out how you feel. Again, when did it become so cold? Where's the cold wind coming from? Just my interpretation. The final song is emotional, but a bit more uplifting sounding. And then we get to a full happiness celebratory mood again with that God of Music instrumental at the end. Like one more reprise thank you to the God of Music. But first, the song Headliner, which goes back to that theme of their work period. It's up to you. It's yours now. Our album is yours. Our advice is yours. Our story is yours. I mean, remember in the FML era teaser video, the message on the screen at the end was inspired by everyone around the world. Like, this is for everyone. Our messages are bigger than us, basically. 
They promise to be your champion no matter what. And You're My Headliner is the repeated final lyric of both the song and the album overall, which is very touching. So after singing year after year, not just on this album, about being there for you to show that you've got the strength within yourself to do more than you thought, now that you're ready to finally believe that and show it off, they are first in line for your show. They're going to watch you be a headliner in their life. They will stay your biggest fan and celebrate this personal, mental, emotional victory. It's really wonderful and again, full circle. They sing, even if it rains again, I'll be in your front row. Notable because, remember in Flower they said, to block the falling rain, my back faces the sky. In Lucky they said, after the rain stops, life is so beautiful. In All My Love they said, I'll become your umbrella. Of course the song April Shower is all about that premise, how you will have a rainbow after the rain, and I'll help you endure that rain. And literal umbrellas became a part of the story, like in the ash part of the highlight medley for Face the Sun. Super meaningful choice, as they were representing a phoenix rising out of the ashes moment. Plus the umbrella was used by Wanwu in the trauma video. It looked like the rain was specifically on him, like a personal, the world doesn't like you, it's not working in your favor, downpour. This is probably a coincidence, but this connection I love. In the trauma video, remember, it looked like they were all suffering alone. Like in separate scenes, they had their own struggles going on, like Wu in a downpour. But with the big camera zoom out later, you saw all the rooms were actually joined together. The theme, it seems, being the closeness to other people was closer than they thought. Like the ability to reach out for help to get through this life with others was actually just at their fingertips the whole time. They were unnecessarily burdening themselves suffering alone when other people were closer than they thought. So with that lesson in trauma, the video, and the umbrella, seems yet again a full circle detail to have this on about always being in your corner and being the umbrella for you, being right there to be the umbrella. Lastly, they sing, I'll run to you when the sun falls asleep. The moonlight in the morning takes me to you. Which made me think of them singing about wanting to be your morning baby in 20. And the lyric from Let Me Hear You Say, Light me up sometimes like the stars, sometimes like the moon. Don't let me lose to the bright night. So 24-7, 24 hours, they will be with you, moon, rain, or shine. Which again, full circle. Because in the song 24 hours, they sing, Always be by your side. That's the most important thing which is the perfect summary. That's the most important thing. At the end of the day, they sing about so many different things, but always circling back to being there for you. And one key way they do that is through connecting through music. So now back to my personal connection, which I'll write about much more on my site. But your teaser right now is, I will definitely have to write about my life as an autistic person as it pertains to their music specifically. Because truly, it does feel like sometimes they wrote songs just for me. I'm just saying it has that personal effect, even though the message is so universal. But it's so impressive. And the way they talk about like struggling to know how to frame words and interact with people, the way they talk about welcoming you if you feel ostracized, the way they talk about music feeling like it has superpowers to affect your mind in ways it doesn't have an impact on people who don't have communication struggles elsewhere. It just feels so for autistic people somehow. Like they just know. And I'll write about it more on my site, but they really effectively carried out that message I've been talking about throughout this episode. 
they've been proof of concept of we know we can use music to reach you wherever you are and then help you cross the finish line. Like, we're not gonna steal your thunder. We're going to help you get through the storm and let you find your own bright light. It's very applicable to a lot of people for different reasons. And that ability to make people feel like I do with their music, like this was for me, that is so impressive. It makes it feel like they are gods of music, even though their song is actually about a hypothetical god of music they are humbled by. But sometimes the people who deserve the most power are the ones who deny they have it or don't want it. I'll leave you with that to think about and more on Substack. 17 karat kpop.substack.com, as well as some links to past 17 essays I wrote in the episode description. All the reads and shares, I really do appreciate. I hope you're loving this new album. It's really another just well done job. Lyrically, auditorily, it's a journey, a cohesive, impressive one that is just everything I had hoped for. So thank you for listening. As always, thank you, 17, as always, and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody.